Welcome to the OIS Podcast. Today, Dr. Hassan Sadri chats with Nir Kaczynski, CEO of Pulse Medica, and Lahav Gill, its executive advisor. They cover a lot of ground in this half hour. From what makes their business relationship work, the technology behind Pulse Medica's 3D imaging platform, and why they're laser focused on retina disease. Take it away, Isan. All right, everybody. This is uh, Dr. Isan Satter, board certified ophthalmologist, your OIS podcast host here from lovely Newport Beach, California. I'm really delighted and excited to bring my colleagues here from Pulse Medica, really cutting edge technology, which they're going to dive into and talk about and what's what they're doing and what how is it going to you know impact our patients and really what kind of unmet need it's going to fulfill but before then we really want to kind of get into dive into getting to know Nir and his colleague Love who are joining me from Canada and Israel Love is probably it's like what time is it for you I don't know it's early in the morning probably this coming close to midnight coming close to midnight okay very good <laughs> well Thanks for giving us your time, and we're just delighted to host you as our guests. So, you know, obviously, I've been involved with the company just recently, and, you know, there's a lot of exciting technologies. As you know, you're trying to fulfill unmet need and AMD, and, you know, just at the back of the eye, but really just there's a tremendous a lot of applications here. But before we talk about that, I want you guys to kind of give us an audience who don't know you a little background about who you are, you know, where you trained, and how you got here. So Nir, take it away. Yeah, thanks, Asan. Thanks for having us. It's really exciting and great to see you. So my name is Nir Kaczynski. I uh, completed my PhD studies at the University of Alberta in Edmonton, Alberta in Canada, if somebody doesn't know where it is. And really, (laughs) during my PhD studies, I focused on using femtosecond laser pulses. So femtosecond laser is uh, one millionth of one billionth of a second. That's how short these pulses are. So using these technology to develop novel medical applications. Over the years, we've seen a lot of promise for this technology. I've I've done things like attaching single cells together, neurons together, doing novel cancer treatment using nanoparticles and and femtosecond laser pulses, and then started going towards the eye. And and the reason we started going towards the eye is because the eye is, is perfectly or somewhat perfectly optical media to deliver laser pulses. And then we saw a big opportunity, right? So there's a lot of people around the the planet who's got uh, different eye disease and there's a lot of opportunity to help. And that's that's essentially how we got here today to start Boss Medica. Very good. Very good. All right, Love, how about you? You want to give us a background? How did you guys meet and what's your background? Sure. So I I come from a very different background. I'm, I'm I'm what people would call today an investor operator. With most of my career as an operator, and only lately in the last 10 10 or so years of my life, started understanding a little bit more about investment. I started off as an industrial designer in the 80s, and that's kind of my my background trade. In the 90s, uh, we immigrated um, into Canada. And I've been operating out of Canada since since then. I founded what is known in in, in Toronto and Canada uh, the Kangaroo Group. The Kangaroo Group became over a period of ten or fifteen years 
the second largest uh, contract design, engineering, and manufacturing for medical devices in Canada. And 2017, I believe, we were acquired by our largest comparable, Starfish Medical, out of Vancouver Island. And that kind of marked the second phase of, of my career as, as an entrepreneur and a technology innovator. The last five years of, of the Kangaroo Group, before I sold it, I um, started to experience an evolution of headset, I would say, and I realized that I'd rather invest the kangaroo infrastructure, the know-how, the, the work, the, the capabilities. I'd rather invest it in companies that I believe in rather than sell it as a service for hire. And so, that, so in the last five years of kangaroo, we became almost a private incubator, and we, we basically used our entire infrastructure and our, and our know-how as investment capital. I continued that journey after I sold Kangaroo only without the resources, and I've been working as a mentor, angel, and uh, in the last year and a half as a venture partner for Zoic Capital in Seattle. I met Nir, I guess, uh, probably through the CDL uh, network because I've been mentoring whoever. People don't know what CDL is. It's uh, the Creative Destruction Lab Accelerator Program that that, uh, is run out of the Rotman Business School in in Toronto. Nir heard about me there and he, uh, this is credit to him. This is all credit (laughs) to him. He courted me and reached out to me multiple times until I had to pay attention. And uh, he basically convinced me to to join him as an advisor first, and, uh, and then as a mentor, and then as a board member. And I continue to enjoy seeing him turn into an amazing leader. That's in, right in front of my eyes. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a testimony to you guys' partnership and friendship to uh, complement each other, especially you love. You can tell your you're seasoned uh, at this, so which is great. It's always great to have a team that love and support each other. Let's dive into the technology. I know audience really wants to really kind of get to know what Pulse Medicals are around. So those of you who uh, don't know this technology, it basically involves uh, femtosecond and laser, which I, I want them to kind of describe what the applications are. But really, we're talking about dry, wet, uh, macular degeneration, glaucoma, Diabetic, diabetic retinopathy, retinal detachment. We're talking about vitreous floaters. So, Nir, tell me about this technology. If you were, you know, describing this, how did you came, come about this? What excites you about it? And tell us about the applications that you would really want this to happen. Yeah, I like to talk about it a little bit from a historical perspective, how it evolved, because then it really explained the story. So the interesting work with femtosecond laser pulses is you can do things very, very accurately, right? And so when I started the project with working with the eye, I wanted a tool that lets me visualize the eye um, in three dimensions and very, very accurately deliver laser pulses. And so my first thing as an engineer was, let me go see what can I go and buy out there that I can just put my laser into and target whatever I want. So long story short, I, I couldn't find anything like that. So I decided I'm going to build thing, something like that. So I've uh, put my head together and essentially started building an imaging system that lets me image the eye in three dimensions in real time so that I can deliver a laser very fast and very accurately. Got connected with a group of retina specialists in Edmonton. Uh, so there's a one big clinic, about eight retina specialists working together. 
and start talking to them about this technology. And I said, look, this is what I've built so far. And they got really excited. They said, look, even without a femtosecond laser, you can do so much. So in essence, what we started doing is saying, we can do a lot of things in the eye. So essentially the, the concept of image guided laser treatment is the concept that we're going after. It's building that technology that let us image the eye and then have the computer control the, the treatment. So what we've started doing right now is saying, let's wait a second with a femtosecond laser. Let's at least use green laser or photocoagulation laser and demonstrate that we can image the eye very effectively, track the movement of the eye, and then deliver a photocoagulation laser for diabetic retinopathy patients. So targeting microaneurysms as an example, while the eye is moving and without contact. So that by itself is, is quite a complex piece of engineering to put together. We have a very sophisticated machine learning or artificial intelligence aspect to what we're doing. So really combining artificial intelligence with a sophisticated piece of equipment to make decisions in terms of what needs to be treated in the eye and then building that treatment plan automatically and then have the computer and the device itself doing the treatment very accurately. You know, over time, as we're building this technology, we're starting to see, oh, you know, we can do so many things with it. So not just photocoagulation, but we could do things like vitreomacular traction treatments or release kind of that region of tension, or we can, we saw that, hey, we can image and detect and track movement of floaters. So why don't we treat floaters using femtosecond laser pulses? And then the, the end goal, one of the goals that we want to achieve, which is where we started with, was trying to treat dry macular degeneration, right? So in dry macular degeneration, you have these drusen deposits, the back of the eye. And our idea was, you know, can we go into uh, the retina? Can we remove these drusen very, very accurately without causing more damage? And then, you know, one, see, would this prevent geographic atrophy first? And then second is, would this prevent or slow down the progression toward uh, wet stage AMD? That's essentially a little bit of the story of, of where we are and, and really focusing on that imaging component, the AI component to, to bring that automation and efficiency into the clinic. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Because, you know, this is for clinicians listening to this, this is going to be, I think it's a new era because, as you know, visualization has always really been limited and, you know, the pinpoint accuracy is not, has not been there. So, you know, that's why I was very excited to, to bring you guys on, because I just think it's a huge shift in mindset, especially coupled with AI. Love, what excites you about working with Near and, and Pulse Medica specifically? I'll answer the more attractive question for me. So it's um, in order to build a company from an invention, the founder needs to go through a transformation or rather a series of transformations. And that transformation basically entails from seeing themselves as a builder of technology, more so as a builder of a, an ecosystem. And it's not many, many academics that are willing to do this journey. Not, not even saying that can do this journey. Not, not many academics are willing to do the journey, to do this transformation, because you, you have to let go of many things that have been dear and close to your heart for many years, and you have to learn to see yourself in a new light. 
uh, as I as I mentioned before, rather than a builder of technology or somebody who's um, somebody who focuses on technology and on interests in advancement of of technologies in this case, to a person that that their mandate is to build a business ecosystem in which uh, in which technology gets built, but not directly by me. I'm now responsible for creating an ecosystem in which technology gets built, in which technology gets commercialized, in which people experience um, processes uh, of growth. So, so it's a really interesting and very rare, uh, I believe very rare kind of reinvention that, that the founder needs to do. And Nir happens to be one, one of the people who is willing to do this journey and is just so capable in doing this journey. And, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's what attracts me to to this. Uh, every every day when when we talk, I I I, uh, I uh, get reminded how uh, enjoyable this is for me, just because I can see this happening in in front of my in front of my eyes. And uh, I'll I'll mention one more thing about the relationship, and maybe I get motivated by feeling useful. I, many people in the in this industry actually get motivated by just being useful. Yeah. You want to be utilized. Sometimes you feel so underutilized, and Nir is giving me an opportunity. Um, there's so much that he, by self-declaration, doesn't know because he's doing this first time. So he's this is his first time as a company builder, and he basically um, uses my knowledge as somebody who's built several businesses, built a few companies, led a few companies, sold two companies. He's asking me simple questions that, uh, and I can provide simple answers to certain things and, and for, for things that I know. Uh, and this gives him an opportunity to focus on, on the real, on the meaningful uh, things, on the exploratory things, on the high ambiguity things, which, uh, which he, he does very, very well. So, you know, there's a lot there to, for us to unpack if you're listening. You know, you're, I think... The biggest thing that you see discussing with Lob and, and Nir is really their relationship and just the experience and the, just sort of the camaraderie, but also the chemistry and building a company. I think you can have the engineering, you can have the commercial success, but when you really merge the two, the intellectual plus the you know financial sort of chemistry, I think that's really gets something special. And I think you guys are on your way. Certainly, uh, you're building a great team. I just noticed um, you just had an announcement not too long ago, right? Your chief uh, technology officer, uh, Nir. Tell me about that. So, yeah, so we've had uh, Jafar, uh, Dr. Jafar Rivetza-Barin, who just joined us as a CTO. And again, this is, this is another thing that I think is, is making, you know, building this company so awesome is, is bringing people with that industrial experience of doing that before. So Jafar has gone through the process of approving and going through uh, FDA and Health Canada approvals for med for a number of medical devices with a very very broad background, which is uh, which is really awesome, and that's something that is very critical for us. And the other thing is we're building. You know, our technology involves uh, mechanical engineering, optical engineering, electronics, software, very heavy software, machine learning. So there's so many things that we are doing. And finding a person who is an expert in, in all of these is so, so difficult. And, and somebody like Jafar, who's got so much, so much experience in so many different things, it's really, really good to bring, to lead the entire team and see the bigger picture. So, Nir, so you've, you've got this technology, uh, you've got a great team, you're well capitalized. 
What's what's your biggest unmet need first? Is it going to be vitreous floater? Is it going to be diabetic neuropathy? Is it going to be macular degeneration? Obviously, there are huge, huge disease states with ginormous markets. Tell us what what are you going to focus on? What's your strategy? What's your go to market sort of pathway? Yeah, so that's actually an excellent question. Um, so it, we we together. ask this question. We ask ourselves this question all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was I was just about to say that we we put together a really good and solid medical advisory board, which which, which which somebody here is part of it, to help us answer these questions. <laughs> so I, I had to I had to throw that in there. Couldn't find anybody else, huh? <laughs> well, I was looking for the best of the best, so and I found them. So, you know, just to answer a bit of our strategy, so in the short term, we're interested in doing, improving our concept on diabetic retinopathy, right? Just because from a clinical perspective, we do not need to prove that clinically the green laser or photocoagulation laser is effective at treatment of, treatment of diabetic retinopathy. It's mostly a technological uncertainty that we need to prove that we're able to to do that. And so with that same technology, we should be able to deliver a laser to you know, accurately anywhere else in the eye. The second thing that we really see ourselves doing right after the diabetic retinopathy, I think it's actually floaters. And and it's interesting because it wasn't one of the first things that we thought to do, but as we're building the company and as we talk to people, we started we're starting to understand the need for floater treatment. You know, first of all, I did not know that I think 50 or 60 percent of the population has floaters which is crazy to me. Yes, you know, not everyone needs My to s- treat. Yes, me too, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. For the most part, we don't need to treat them. But first of all, there's, there's some subset of the population that does need an effective treatment for floaters. And the other thing that we've also learned is uh, people who undergo cataract surgery, they, some of them need to suddenly have a treat, an effective treatment for floaters because of the way the, the optics work of the intraocular lens and now these floaters are a lot more bothersome, right? So if they're a lot more bothersome, then they suddenly seek a treatment for that. So that is in, so that is very interesting, and also starting to realize and discover that there isn't a lot out there for floaters, and our technology is very very suitable for it. There's also a massive engineering challenge that we already overcome in terms of floater treatment. Sorry, I should be more specific. Maybe floaters imaging and detection, because. If you look at images of floaters and try to detect them and track them, conventional image processing actually fails. And so we've found a methodology to do that and overcome it and now patenting it in order to detect the floater and then track them. And then the next step is also to treat them as well. Love, you have any, uh, anything to add to that? The only thing that, that I would like to add, and uh, it's been discussed, I mean, it comes up again and again, is that the way that Nir and his team architected the core technology of the company is what you would call a platform, which means that it would serve a variety of applications. And it gives us a lot of options. And I guess the driving force is to, is to create meaningful impact for, for patients and, um, and give clinicians the tools that they need to, to deliver that impact and also at the same time to run a successful and profitable business. So we are very cognizant that in order to be able to deliver clinical impact, we need to create business tools, not only clinical tools. And that is diffused within the thinking in the entire organization. Specifically, 
uh, towards the, the business of clinicians doing laser surgery of the eye. It's about being able to be very, very efficient and effective in uh, not just how they treat each patient, but also in the amount of patients that they're able to treat with minimal resources in small spaces and so on. So uh, we're, we're basically, uh, I think we're, we're thinking very broadly and commercially. Yeah, that's terrific. I think the wonderful thing about it is there's so much application here, you know, in glaucoma in the back of the eye. And as a clinician, I'm really excited. And, you know, for those entrepreneurs who try to do the same thing and starting from scratch, you know, my advice is listen to this. And there's a lot of pearls here. And we listen to this because if you notice both of them are very deferential. Um, they're not, you know, they're not, there's not a lot of ego involved in their discussions. If you notice, there's a lot, there are very few times people say I, and it's the direct correlation how successful, in my opinion, if someone is, I always said to my team, your ego is not your amigo. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like <laughs> so one of my true. favorite sayings. I, I stole it from somewhere else, but I, and I, I really believe in that. I really believe you guys have a lot of chemistry. We can talk for a long, long time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring you back on as we develop the technology more. I mean, I, the areas and, you know, laser protocoagulation, the trabecular meshwork applications, the vitreous. I mean, we can go on and on. And I, I just have so much pride in with you guys, the work you're doing. And so congratulations to both of you. Are there anything in your, would you want to pass on to people that are listening to this, that are like in your shoes, but like maybe five years ago, maybe they don't have funding. What would you tell them? about their process, your process. I was I was yeah. thinking, yeah, I was thinking about that earlier. You know, some, some of the things that, that we have been doing that I think worked really well and I, and I think I wanted to share and or, or some of the things that I'm most proud of. And so one of the things that I'm most proud of out of anything that we've been doing is our team. You know, just, just like you said, every time I talk to anybody, the first thing that comes up to me is the amazing team that we put together. I'm a really big believer that people are business builders. And if you have an incredible team, you can do anything. And so this was the one thing that we put a ton of focus on having an incredible team and uh, and moving so, so quickly, right? That we've done so much progress in one year uh, from nothing to a prototype is going to be in a clinic and nine patents and you name it. And the other thing is that I wanted to say is if you could leverage people's past experiences, Right. So mm. one of the reasons that I, I wanted so much to work with someone like Love is I don't know anything about the medical device industry when I started. Right. And I and I knew it and I didn't pretend that I'm, I know everything. And so by having somebody like Love who is, you know, commercialized, I don't know, hundreds Love of medical devices. I don't even know how many. Uh, you know, Single-handedly, I, I would be cautious. I would say have ha- has had a part in commercializing 200 things. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> that's such a valuable experience to have somebody like this to telling you, listen, these are the things that you should be watching out for. And the same for, you know, Jafar, who just joined the team and, and a lot of other people that we're working with in terms of regulatory consultants and clinical consultants, medical advisory board, and, and now putting together a really solid board of directors. The same thing, right? Like bringing people with those past experiences that we could learn from and minimize the mistakes that we make. Uh, I think that's really a, a big key. Yeah, sorry, I'll be quiet. I'm uh, talking too much. <laughs> Not at all. You're just saying good things. What about you, Love? 
there is, um, we have ideas, right? We, we look at the world and we see a problem and we have ideas of how to solve it. And that's a natural process. That's a natural human thing. Over the years, what I've learned is that I need to kind of put the brakes on the first ideas that come, even on many first ideas. And, 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 and over the years, what, what uh, we've seen is that the value of the first ideas, the real value of the first ideas, is that they bring us closer to the problem. So uh, what I've seen is that your first ideas should be good enough to bring you closer to the problem. They don't need to be the solution. In fact, they rarely are. But by bringing you closer to the problem, and I should say it's not to the problem, it's to the problem set. The problem is always multivariable. And your ideas bring you, your ideas for solutions bring you close enough to the problem set so that you can discover the real problem. Yes, and indeed. if you're open, if you're open, if you keep open and you don't get too stuck on your first ideas, then you've got an opportunity for breakthrough ideas by, because you're now, now you're with the problem. You're so close to it. And um, yeah, that's what I would like. Fascinating, man. Fascinating. I got to get you on the, one of our Launchpad Shark Tank stuff, uh, both of you. Um, I can talk for a long more time. I, you know, we're, we're pretty much out of time. I just want to say thank you, both of you guys, for coming on. And um, I'm really just uh, just absolutely delighted to get you on here and, you know, uh, happy to get you, in, uh, get you in again. We have some progress with the company. Thank you for uh, spending some time with us. Thank you so much, Jason. Yeah, thanks for giving us the opportunity. This is uh, and 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 also just to to experience how you host this. Um, so really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the OIS podcast. Be sure to listen in next week as we discuss the latest innovations in ophthalmology with experts in science, medicine, and industry. Subscribe to our iTunes channel so you don't miss a thing. Got a story of your own to tell? Apply to be a guest at ois.net.